0: A timeout. Decide not to use a curry. Way down town. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Rebound box! Back out to Allen! History return! Bang! It's back to a Up to the land! Oh! By James. Here's Middleton, Giannis Trailing the last Ooh. Hey everyone, welcome to the Playbook, an NBA podcast, part of the All Indie Sports Network. I'm your host, Sal, joined by my co-host Mark. What's going on, Mark?
1: I'm nothing much. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. So
0: you may recognize me from the all Pacers podcast, but on the playbook, we're going to be more focused on the NBA as a whole. So let's just jump straight into it. The first thing we've got to talk about is the all-star weekend.
1: I was not a fan. If I'm going to be totally honest with you, the bits and pieces I was paying more attention to, I did not like it. Dunk contest. Once again, absolute disaster. Three point contest is entertaining, I guess, but I don't know. It's just the same thing over and over again. Skillless comp was whatever, and the game itself, I don't know, three quarters of nothing for one quarter of entertainment.
0: Yeah, I think there were some good ups and downs for the uh, All-Star game and the All-Star weekend as a whole, but Steph Curry had a historic night. I mean, 50 points, 16 three-pointers, pretty crazy watching. Some of those threes that he was shooting where you really did not expect them to go in, but it is Steph Curry after all, so I mean, it, it's not quite a surprise as some would think
1: you got to pick him up at half court because if you don't, he's just going to launch it. He has the type of confidence where he's just going to launch it and turn around and run away. No no other players like that.
0: Yeah, if someone was going to do it, it would be Steph.
1: What, he had 16 of them?
0: 16? Yeah, 16 threes. And I think the previous one was Paul George. Uh, I can't give you a year on that, but it was Paul George. Uh, on the other nice. side of this, uh, we have Jokic, who is very the polar opposite of Steph. Uh, he said in a a media day or something like that involving the All-Star game, but he said that he really didn't know what was going on in the All-Star game. He doesn't know how to play in an All-Star game. Um, He didn't play in the fourth quarter. Jared Allen was playing over him. Uh, I mean, that's not something you should take uh, as something that's a bad thing because it's just the All-Star game. But Jokic uh, clearly doesn't approve of uh, the All-Star game and how... Like, the style of play, he doesn't really know if he should be playing defense or if he should be trying hard. So, I mean, it's just a funny thing that's, I guess, kind of interesting to take away from that.
1: I, I can I can understand it, though. And honestly, I'm not sure it's as much to do with the defense and all that. It's just because the way the Nuggets run, it's so centered around Jokic. And I'm, I think it had more to do with him not really understanding the environment of, like, this team. Okay, now I'm playing with a bunch of other superstars. It's obviously not going to be totally centered around me. Not every possession is going to go through me. I'm not going to have multiple touches on every play. Um, so I, I can see why that would throw him off. And in the fourth, I guess you want to put the ball in other players' hands. And when he's off it, he's not exactly the most dominant force.
0: Well, yeah, you're covered around superstars and star players and, and that have more experience as an all-star than he does. So, I mean, that's a valid thing for him to say. I mean, uh, he's not the most flashy player. We've known this. Uh, he's more of a uh, just... Dominant player in the way in the simplest in the simplest way that he does.
1: Except his passes, throw some wild ones.
0: Yeah. So I think the worst part of this All Star weekend was definitely the dunk contest. Um, Four contestants that I know the general NBA fan might not even know the names of, but um, people would like the likes of Ja Morant, Anthony Edwards, but they made it clear that they don't want to participate in the dunk contest. So we got guys like Obi Toppin. Cole Anthony, Juan Toscano Anderson, and uh, Jalen Green were in the All-Star Game, the All-Star Dunk Contest this year. They sucked. And it was it was quite disappointing. Uh, Jalen Green went one for nine on one of his dunk attempts. Um, and it was just a pretty boring dunk contest. Juan Toscano Anderson was trying dunks that you could tell he's never tried in his life before. Uh, Obi Toppin came out on top, which I think most people would assume because he's the only guy that's been in a dunk contest before out of these three guys, or four guys. But overall, there was nothing good to take away from this.
1: Dunk contest is just such a disaster at this point. It's been on it's such a downward trend ever since we had those Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon years. It's it's really sad to see. I just hope they figure out a way to attract those big names. I'm thinking maybe incentivize it more, promise money to charities or anything really, just so I don't have to watch Juan toscano Anderson in a dunk contest ever again.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had that really nice jersey, though. He had that Mexican flag painted on the back of his jersey. I mean, that, that jersey, I mean, if you sold that jersey, like maybe if it wasn't Juan Toscano Anderson on the back, but that jersey is a very nice jersey. Um, and then I think the other, the other only high that I could take away from this, at least, was the, um, the sophomore rookie tournament that was drafted by uh, NBA Legends. I found that really interesting. I really liked how they did that this year. Took some Ignite players as well, which uh, I found pretty cool. Uh, got to see some talent that maybe most NBA fans probably haven't seen before. Um, and you got guys that were just trying to prove themselves, get to show out a little bit more on national television. Um, I really like the tournament fashion that they did it in uh, to 50 points the first two games were, and then the final game of the teams it was being to 25 um the team that Tyrese Halliburton was on did not win I don't believe but Cade Cunningham came out as an MVP for the all-star sophomore rookie tournament thing rising stars yeah, yeah it's, rising it's, stars it's, that's what you that's what you call it yeah
1: it's much better than the it's much better than the old rising stars where you just had that joke game that would always turn into a mini dunk contest at the end now you have, I guess, at least something online, especially for those Ignite guys. Those Ignite guys, it was kind of cool to have them because they just want to show that they are capable of hanging around. And I I get that the rookies and sophomores ne- weren't necessarily taking it the most seriously, but the fact that they could even look like they weren't totally lost on NBA court is always a good sign for teams looking to draft.
0: I mean, yeah, these guys, the Ignite guys, they were keeping up. I know Dyson Daniels was one of the guys that was in there. don't think I can name any of the other guys, but... Um yeah, I mean I liked it big fan. I hope they keep it that way. And uh yeah, I think the skills contest though, um I didn't watch it. It was the three it was the team of 3 uh people and there was three teams of 3, right? And it was yeah, the Cavs rookies. the, the Bros and the rookies, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Bros disaster. Cavs won it all though.
0: Yeah, hometown, hometown heroes.
1: I like that more, honestly, than just pigs and bigs and guards. It's kind of nice. It's pretty cool. Good idea. Um, I don't know. They're trying to bring some more entertainment value to those events that people traditionally don't care too much about, but didn't work too well, I don't think. I didn't like it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, another thing I didn't like was the, uh, I, the I, NBA 75 iconic shot remake or whatever they tried to label that as big disaster. I mean, you have all these legendary shots like Reggie Miller push off MJ for three. It was supposed to be a leaning three, but, uh, people, the players that were competing in this contest, uh, they really just went to the spot and just shot normal shots. It wasn't really recreating the shot. They just had different dots around the court and, um, it didn't really feel like they were recreating the shots to me at least. Um,
1: one thing is those trophies are disgusting. <laughs> those trophies for the skills cha- that the Cavs got are so gross. I can't even explain. I can't even put into words how ugly those trophies are, or I, why I you got rid I of the those old. Trophies. Why you got rid of the old trophies for these things? Oh, I was, I was, I couldn't stop laughing when I saw them.
0: Really, because... I, I, I did not see. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, those are uh, pretty ugly.
1: Yeah, they are very, extremely <laughs> ugly.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, the uh, the Clorox uh, sh- uh, creating the iconic shot trophy was kind of cool. That that was Desmond Bain and Tyrese Halberton that won that contest. bet. But I think that pretty Taco much Bell sums skills. up that sums up the All Star Weekend. Am I correct? Yeah, I don't I don't I
1: don't really have too much more to add. Uh but actually speaking of all star weekend, uh, one of the players involved, Cole Anthony in the dung contest. He's about to take a big hit hit in his minutes. Markel Fultz is coming back what was it, twenty seventeen number one overall pick? He just he tore his ACL like over a year ago at this point, and he's just coming back now, so it's gonna be tough for him, but I know he's been crazy this season actually, so I don't know how much it'll hurt him, but they definitely wanna give their what, three-year, $50 million extended players, some run, some touches? So,
0: Yeah, Markel hasn't played basketball in about 13 months. Um, former number one overall pick, as you said. Uh, he's making his debut on Monday against the Pacers, which maybe this game has already happened at the time you're listening. But, uh, I mean, as an NBA fan, you can only hope that Markel bounces back a little bit to get rid of his bust the name that's been labeled upon him pretty early in his NBA career um, but yeah I mean are you excited to see what faults can do on Monday
1: I was actually really really taken aback by like how he first I know the numbers don't look too good from the last time he played I guess before he got hurt what was that 13 months ago now I guess the numbers didn't look too good but I thought he looked like a totally different player he looked a lot more confident in his shot so I hope I, I'm sure the ACL injury shouldn't really harm that too much especially with how we've come in terms of how we deal with those but I hope he can kind of at least get back to that level because he was becoming maybe not number one overall overall pick worthy but he's becoming a pretty good NBA player to be honest I liked watching him
0: yeah I honestly can't remember a single game of me watching Markel Fultz but before he got injured um on the magic I remember he was having a pretty good run there was some good talk about him and uh I mean yeah he's a pretty injury prone player if I'm not mistaken that shoulder was it that was bugging him for a while
1: that might be just a freak thing though. There's so many rumors of what that actually was. Some people say he got in like a motorcycle accident and some people say other things. Honestly, I'm not too sure, but I wouldn't really throw the injury prone label on him. My college is he fairly healthy as well, so probably bitterly to say that. It's not like some of the other some other guys like like that big that big guy on the Lakers AD who's injured again. Yeah. Uh oh god. How it's many weeks a, is AD
0: out for this time?
1: Four I think to five? It's, uh, on a, uh, maybe. I'm honestly not too sure. But what? It's another ankle injury. He was trying. I think he was against the Jazz, right? And he was trying to catch a lob or something and came down. Yeah.
0: Weird. Came down on someone's foot. I think. Yeah. Maybe? Some.
1: Well. Regardless, he hurt his ankle again. So what a shock. Yeah. He's all, he always ends up being hurt. Oh man, it's so sad watching like watching a player like that. I know he hasn't been the best this season, but. He's so good. He's so talented, and then he just always ends up getting injured.
0: I mean, yeah, AD's still a young player in, in like reference to the rest of the NBA. He's, he's been pretty injury-prone over the past few years at least, and it seems like he really can't catch a break in terms of his health. It seems like he's on and off the injury list. Um, I mean, I hope every, every NBA fan, it's kind of become a running joke with AD's injuries, like Anthony day-to-day Davis. Um, but, yeah, AD really can't catch a break. Uh, It sucks for Lakers, uh, the team. It sucks for the fans. I know LeBron's pretty disgruntled with the LA Lakers right now. So, I mean, it's just really a pretty big issue with AD.
1: Yeah, he hasn't played 75 games in a season in like three years, I think, at this point. He's always around that 60-game mark, so it's pretty unfortunate. But it's just the way the game is, I guess. Trying to watch a player like that gonna be pretty tough for him to stay healthy with the way he plays especially but um there's some other big injury news actually chris paul is a big one
0: yeah another contender well the lakers are supposed to be a contender but one of (laughs) the legit contenders in the nba right now the phoenix Suns. chris paul could be out six to eight weeks could come back just in time for the NBA playoffs. But this could be a blessing in disguise. Uh, Chris Paul, who dealt with some injuries in the uh, last year's playoffs, was it in the first round with his hand? I know. I was watching the J.J. Redick podcast, and Chris Paul was talking about how he couldn't even shoot the ball uh, in one of the games that he played, and he, he was shooting, uh, like, janky shots, and he was kind of just playing with one hand, and that's when he decided to go and... Uh, Look into like getting a procedure, seeing if he could play on the hand, which he was told that he couldn't. Um, he couldn't worsen the injury, so he ended up playing on his hand and until it healed fully. But Chris Paul getting injured now could be great for the Phoenix Suns. I think they could hold on to the first seed. Uh, Booker's been playing great. Uh, they have a pretty deep team. I mean, they're one of the best teams, first seed in the NBA right now, I believe. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah. Chris Paul injury bad for them right now I guess but it could be great in the long term well if it extends to the
1: eight weeks then it'll, it'll definitely like it'll definitely seep into the playoffs and regardless of like if if regardless of how bad if it does hit the weeks or not if they make it far enough he'll he will be back in time but the question is can they actually win multiple playoff series without Chris Paul on the team which is a question like even uh, the day of recording they just played against the the jazz and in a close game they look like a totally different team without him. they're not as fluid they don't seem as structured as they normally do and that's just a regular season game so who knows what the playoffs will look like
0: well yeah we all know that Chris Paul makes his big men look very good um when he's playing with them another big man that got injured recently was Yusuf Nurkic um do you know anything about his injury it's plantar right yeah, plantar fasciitis, yeah, yeah. that's the same that Sabonis and TJ Warren had. Uh, yeah, and you know a lot about it. And TJ Warren was is still dealing with this injury. But, yeah, um, Nurkic is supposed to be out for about a month. I mean, it's a tough blow. Not really, actually. It's not really a tough blow because the no. Blazers suck. But it's a tough blow for Nurkic individually because you never want to see a player get injured. No, but... but yeah.
1: I'm sure that even after the month, I don't think they'll be in a rush to bring him back because, honestly, they probably, similar to Dame's injury issues, they probably just want to kind of do one of those one-year rebuilds. I don't even know if they have their pick this year, but at least give Anthony Simons a lot more touches, or I guess Nas Little was, Nasir Little was supposed to get them, but he got hurt too. So it's unfortunate, but I don't think the players care too much as long as he's healthy long-term.
0: Yeah, and maybe you look into moving Nurkic in the summer. Um, I know that the Blazers are pretty much committing to the rebuild unless they want to try and sign someone from this free agency class, which is really just James Harden, Kyrie Irving. I don't think any of them. No players really fit alongside Dame in this free agency class, so I could see them realistically just blowing it up, maybe even seeing what Dame wants to do with his career in Portland. But they moved on from CJ McCollum quickly, and I don't see why they couldn't do the same for Nurkic.
1: Yeah, definitely. And Nurkic isn't anywhere near as valuable as CJ ever was to that team or that city. He hasn't even been there that long. But I think with the Trailblazers, what they'll do is if they can get Dame to commit a lot, like, again, even though he is under contract, but if they can get commit to him wanting to be there, they'll probably trade all their young guys like Anfernee or even Nazir Little, who would look pretty good at in burst, but try to, I don't know, probably try to build some really janky big three to help Dame out, but they're, at best, probably a second-round team again, so they're not really going anywhere. It kind of sucks for Dame, but he probably has to leave Portland.
0: Yeah, it sucks for Blazers fans. Might have to get stuck in that cycle of mediocrity that the Pacers have had to deal with for a few uh, few years, but finally got out of that. Um, Hopefully. Yeah, another big contending team, uh, the Miami Heat. Actually, have rumors of former Pacer Victor Oladipo I mean, it's not a rumor now because it has been confirmed by, uh, multiple reliable sources. I think Woj talked about this, but Victor Oladipo is set to return maybe in one to two weeks or two to three weeks, but I know it was sometime in early March. Now, Oladipo has been dealing with his right quad injury for about a year. I mean, he had a short stint with the Rockets where he looked pretty good, got to the Miami Heat, played a few games, and, uh, didn't uh got injured got injured and um we don't really know what Victor Oladipo's role is going to look like on this Miami Heat team. The Heat are a great team in the East. They're either one or two seed, I'm not too sure, but Victor Oladipo and the Miami Heat team uh we don't really know how he fits in. Tyler Hero is already their six man. Kyle Lowry, new acquisition as their starting point guard. And Oladipo there's a lot of guards in Miami like Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry. And Victor Oladipo will definitely have a role carved out for him. Uh, We just don't know how many minutes he'll be getting, how slow it'll take to revamp him into the lineup. But he could be a threat for them uh, come playoff time. Oladipo could add a different dynamic to this team, but it's more likely than not that he doesn't have a massive impact on this team, being how they're already so good right now. Yeah, I just can't see it, especially
1: with the type of injury he did have. I remember when he got re-injured on the heat, it was that, I think it's the right quad. Uh, yeah, it's the right quad. The, the, uh, the specialist I was working on said he was surprised that Victor Olivo was even playing up until that point. Because it was, I, I guess, just not healed in the way it was supposed to, or not the surgery wasn't properly finished. I'm not too sure the medical side of it, but... I just can't see him. He even after on Houston, like in the on the Rockets franchise, he looked like a totally different player than he did his first year in Indiana. He didn't have that same burst. And, well, to be fair, he didn't look the same player his second year in Indiana as he did his first year. But yeah, he's just not. He, I don't know. I can't see him recovering the defensive ability that made him such a good two-way player, which would have been so valuable for the Heat. And he is on a minimum contract right now, so they're really under no pressure to play him. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he. Just gets like solid 15 minutes a game, it doesn't really do too much, and kind of fizzles out.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a Pacers fan, I have some mixed feelings about Oladipo, but I mean, seeing that the guy's been dealing with injuries for so many years since, I mean, I guess three years ago, he got injured with the Pacers when he was prime. He was a threat. He was an all NBA player. And now it's just kind of a fall from grace. Uh, he was looking to be a great star in the NBA, and now he's kind of looking like a minimum to. I don't even know. I can't put a price on his on his game because he's very injury prone, and I don't know. But I'm I'm looking forward to see to seeing um, how he meshes with this Heat team.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I'm not sure how, how well he fits though, especially there. I don't know how much they're gonna put into rehabbing him at least on the court. But I don't know. There's only one way to find out to see how it goes. I guess we'll see pretty soon with how he comes back.
0: Yeah, another player that is. Um, working on coming back to their uh, contending team, if you want to call it that. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, going back to the Nuggets, um, targeted for late March, early April. Uh, MPJ's been dealing with a injury. Um, back. Back injury, yeah. He's been dealing with that for basically his whole NBA career now. Uh, MPJ looked promising at the end of last year. He had a great uh, little close to the last season. Um, I know there was a lot of praise going into MBJ starting this season, and uh, he re-injured himself. Uh, He's been out for what feels like most of the season. Uh, I don't know how long he actually played, how many games he played in this season. But uh, it's exciting to see him and Jokic and the potential of Jamal Murray coming back. Very unlikely that they all are playing by the playoffs but next year could be a scary year for the nuggets assuming mpj can stay healthy i'm pretty confident murray can stay healthy next year but mpj murray and jokic could be a scary scary big three
1: yeah jokic uh sorry michael porter jr the way he ended last season he was starting to look like an actual superstar in the making but he's been dealing with this back injury for a long time that's one of the big reasons he even slipped down the draft boards in the first place and end up at 14 I remember going into that college season, he was projected as like one of those top guys, and even on draft night, there were rumors he could go as high as two, which I'm sure the Kings would have been much happier with in hindsight. But uh, he's, I don't know, uber talented player. He only played nine games this season, and he looked terrible in every single one of them. So, but I think people look into them too much, especially considering he was already kind of hurting throughout those nine games. So it's pretty unfair to make any rash claims but it's just kind of funny how it worked out, how right after he got that max co- rookie contract extension, he started playing like awful NBA player. But hopefully I, I, hopefully he'll be back and playing like the old Michael Porter Jr. because he's really a fun player to watch. Someone that tall with that type of shot making ability is such a rare breed. So it's gonna be cool. I, I I don't think he'll be back this, like at least the same way this season. He's just, I don't know, such a big, significant injury. It's pretty unlikely.
0: Yeah, it's going to take him some time to revamp and rehabilitate his basketball ability uh, with the Nuggets. Um, I don't think they rush to get him back. I mean, maybe if they had Murray healthy, maybe they'd try and rush it, but Murray's not healthy. They don't have a timetable for Jamal Murray, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, we could see some MPJ this year, which could be cool, but...
1: I don't know. Jokic is 27, Murray's 25... Michael Porter is only 23. They've got plenty of time. It doesn't make sense to try and rush him into something risk, especially with something like a back injury. Backs are obviously insanely important. They don't want to take any type of risk with that. that. That's why they're not even doing that now. So,
0: mm-hmm. another player with a back injury that is rumored to return in a few weeks is Draymond Green. Uh, the Warriors have been stellar this season, adding back Klay Thompson. Steph Curry having a great year until... I mean, he's been a little bit down recently, but uh, Steph Curry was having an MVP candidate season. It was his award to lose at one point, but uh, now it's no longer his award, I don't think. But Draymond Green having a great season. He was an All-Star this year. And um, yeah, Draymond suffered a back injury just before the All-Star game. Um, He's one of my favorite players, so it sucks to have him not playing right now. But uh, we're hoping for a speedy recovery from Draymond. Uh, he'll be back for the playoffs. So it's, it's going to be scary for this Warriors team. Do you think they're real contenders this year?
1: Absolutely. The Warriors are a terrifying team, and they've still been killing it without Draymond there, even with like Kuminga stepping up big time. The War- Steve Kerr has done a really good job with him. But once you finally have a guy like Draymond back, who's finally back at that Defensive Player of the Year level, i mean on the offensive side of the ball he's so important for the Warriors. the screens he sets the way he just controls the offense and even even on defense same applies the way he controls that that team it's honestly incredible to watch but uh he should be back in a couple weeks as far as i'm concerned but again with the back you don't want to take any risks but the warriors are probably going to be a lot more likely to take a risk than the nuggets were because they are aging as a whole but they have got Clay back as well now, so it might be might be twenty fifteen all over again.
0: Yeah, and they've had some big pieces uh, for role players at least step up for them this year. You know, Kaminga's having a great rookie year uh, since Draymond injured himself. You got uh, Gary Payton second, playing some great basketball this year for the Warriors. Great rotational piece, as long as along with um, Otto Porter. Um, yeah, Jordan I mean, this Poole. Warriors team is deep. This Warriors team is very deep. Jordan Poole's another one. Jordan Poole, yeah, having a great mention. year as well. Definitely worthy of mentioning. Uh,
1: yeah, no, he's he's fun to watch, honestly. I don't know how the Warriors keep getting with I don't know how the Warriors were allowed to build this type of team. You've got that big three, and then they got a... Ow, oh, uh, James Wiseman, second overall pick, which was ridiculous. Uh, probably should have picked Lamello, but whatever and then the next year you get them. let them get the 7th and 14th pick. So,
0: Yeah, another guy that was a former Warrior, Kevin Durant. Uh, he should be back in a couple weeks, a few weeks. We don't really know. Uh, the Nets aren't rushing KD back. Um, they just acquired Ben Simmons, so both of these guys should be playing in a few weeks. Um, I know it was also a rumor that they wanted to come back in the same week, but uh, KD, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie Irving... Is this your team to make it out of the East?
1: No, not this year. And honestly, they should be rushing them back. Uh, they've they've not got too long left. They keep slipping down the ranking, the standings. I don't think they're as invincible as people think they are. But I think they did well with the Harden trade. Uh, they got some good piece back. Seth Curry is a huge addition mm-hmm. for that team. But really, at some point, you've got to start rushing players back. I mean, Ben Simmons, I. Honestly, I don't, I don't really understand what's going on. KD, I mean, he's KD. I'm sure he's healthy now, but they're they're being precautionary. So, But no, I know something just feels off about them. I know they've got those guys, but I feel like next year would be the year for them.
0: Yeah, Ben Simmons started uh, working on shooting with Kyle Korver. So do you think that Ben Simmons gets a three-point jump shot, a mid-range jump shot, something?
1: Not this year. And honestly, it's gonna well be not tough this year, it. next year. It's gonna be tough to see it happening at any point. But it pro- it it better it better because if it doesn't, I I the seventy uh, sorry, the Nets are not in as good of a spot as they think they are. Yeah, Ben Simmons is still this probably a top well definitely a top five defender in the NBA when he's healthy. But if he's just killing all the spacing that Kyrie likes to use up, KD likes to use up too. Just got another dud in the paint and what if they play with Andre Drummond at the same time too then you've just got two two like outside duds who just have to live on the inside Ben Simmons off the ball i'm uh, still mixed feelings especially if he's scared to take layups like he was in that last playoff series with the 76ers yeah last game with the 76ers right i'm not sure i, it, might, I think maybe. it was i think I it was that, was that
0: in the game 7 where he passed it, or game whatever the final game was Was it in the last game that he passed up on that layup?
1: To Matisse Thybulle.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was
1: was, that was that was awful. That was one of the worst plays of. Because that was their elimination game, right? I I think you might be right. I'm I'm not totally sure though. But oh man, if if that's the type of Ben Simmons they're getting, they're gonna just wish they kept the unhappy Harden.
0: I mean, I just hope that Ben Simmons is confident enough to at least, if someone's sagging on him that far and they're just standing in the paint letting him shoot, like begging him to shoot the ball, I just hope he gets the confidence to shoot the ball. Otherwise, I don't think the Nets can really work and maximize their potential to the talent that they have. Um, I think, but with the Drummond and Ben Simmons thing, I think that Drummond comes off the bench once Simmons returns. LaMarcus Aldridge is probably a better guy to play alongside Simmons because... LaMarcus Aldridge is a pretty good three-point shooter. At least uh, a good stretch big. He, he can shoot the ball. He can shoot the he ball. Don't take, give me that he look. Take, Don't give he me that take, look.
1: He doesn't take very many threes. I remember. I remember in San Antonio. Remember Pavlovich tried to make him like a true stretch five, and that was the first player that ever requested a trade uh, off of Greg Pavlic's team. I remember there was a whole little, little like some news about it because Greg had never had someone request a trade before up until he tried converting LaMarcus into that type of big man and then when he got he stopped trying to do that he was suddenly happy in San Antonio again Uh, I, I don't know I don't know well there's also the overlap too right just because drum just because Drummond is on the bench they could him and Simmons could still meet each other on the court
0: yeah, I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge. What would you say his career high three pointers made in a game? Because I just pulled up this stat. What do you think his career high three pointers made in a game is?
1: Uh, less than five.
0: Um, it is five. It is. Um, um it was against guess. it was against the Grizzlies on, um, in two thousand twenty. And uh, he actually has scored five three pointers twice in his career. And his career high in three point attempts were nine.
1: How many threes is he? taken this season how many I'll tell, tell me that up. T- tell me that number because i assure you that it is not many lamarcus lamarcus aldridge i, I don't know like I, I remember i remember that whole thing like in san it was 2019 20 and the and the year after yeah it was two, the years he wasn't an all-star in san antonio because he was a two-time all-star in san antonio i'm pretty sure but the years afterwards, Pavic tried to make him this big time, like shooting big, taking like three game or something like that, and he just hated it. It wasn't his game, so it makes sense.
0: How many threes do you think LaMarcus Aldridge has made in his 41 games this year?
1: Um wait, wait, actually, let me guess this time. It's definitely under 15. 41 games? I'm going to say, uh, let's go 12.
0: Yeah, it is 12. It is 12? Uh, nice. Marcus Aldridge, I mean, he kind of just proved my point wrong. But, uh, I mean, he's a better shooter than Andre Drummond.
1: Not, I think, not, I think uh, that's... not off-season Andre Drummond in his... Off-season
0: Andre Drummond in the in the gym, this man is Kevin Durant. Those handles that Andre Drummond oh can showcase on those Instagram videos, oh my god. You'd think Never this guy's the best seasons. center in the NBA.
1: You can never take those seriously. I remember the year, the first time he posted those, people thought going into the season, he'd actually just start taking threes as a first, and then that totally fell fell off because teams realized that he still cannot shoot them.
0: Well, yeah, and Andre Drummond's first game as a Cavalier, I believe, he shot, he made two threes, and I think they were both step backs. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. I remember that moment, I remember and it that was too. so funny. It was so
1: I, funny. I don't know if he took another one that year uh, on the Cavs. I don't know if he took another one, which is... Kind of crazy. Well, well, made another one. Let's say, yeah, definitely so, had to have taken some others.
0: So now that we've kind of talked about the Nets and how they're looking, uh, I guess we should talk about the other teams that have made significant moves this this trade deadline. You've got the Kings, the Pacers, the Sixers, the Nets, the Blazers, the Clippers, and uh, a lot of these teams look totally different. Um, my favorite team, the Indiana Pacers, finally made. A Huge move that totally changed their franchise with Tyrese Halberton. So I was so surprised to see that they got this guy. Um, every team in the NBA, according to Woj, was stunned with this news. Um, everyone thought he was off the market, so no calls were being made about Tyrese Halberton. Tyrese himself thought he was safe and he thought it was a joke when his agent actually called him and told him that he was getting traded to Indiana. And he was very, very upset. Like he was crying. Uh, he said that. When Chimezi Metsu FaceTimed him after hearing the news, he couldn't even show his face to Chimezi. He had a very embarrassing moment where he had to point the camera at the ceiling. He couldn't show his face. And, um, yeah, I mean, he was very sad. He wanted to be that. He was committed to the rebuild in Sacramento. He wanted to bring good things to the city. But now he's an Indiana Pacer, and hopefully he can do those same things in Indiana. He's been great so far. Uh, He's already, you could say, you could argue he's better than Sabonis. Um, and I wouldn't be opposed to saying that's correct. Thoughts I mean, on this?
1: I remember when I, I was writing a calculus test when this whole thing went down. Test quiz, whatever. Um, I was writing it and then I, I finish and I che- this was on on the day of the trade deadline obviously and I check my phone and I see this Wo notification telling me that Tyrese Halliburton was now a Pacer, and I immediately just flip out, because I'm not a Pacers fan, but Tyrese Halliburton, ever since he's... Even in college, was like I was super high on him going into the draft. Uh, In the NBA, he obviously looked incredible, especially this season. I think his last game with the Kings, he had like 17 assists or something like that, or one of his last games. And he called it a
0: bad game. He called it a bad game. Just
1: incredible, but he's a crazy player. I think he's got like buckets of potential uh if you're getting Tyrese for Sabonis I I can't see how that would possibly be a loss they also got Buddy Healed in the trade too which is mm-hmm.
0: great asset not
1: yeah not something worth just brushing over and you only gave up Justin Holliday and Jeremy Lamb you could dump the...
0: that Jeremy Lamb salary finally which with the Pacers have been looking to do
1: Buddy Healed, you get an incredible player uh I don't know like I I I think I think they uh I think the Pacers, like Brogdon's come back at, uh, as far as now. I think this is his second game back, he played today. Yeah, but I think they're, yeah. they're, they're testing out the backcourt fit with him and Tyrese, which is going to be pretty interesting to watch. I don't think it'll be like that long term, though. They just couldn't trade Brogdon this season because of his extension. But I'm really interested in that Tyrese and Miles Turner duo.
0: Miles Turner yeah. should be back soon, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles is targeting a season return for this year. Um, Brogdon came back after missing like 22 games. Um, But, I mean, it's been great as a Pacers super fan that has been stuck watching mediocre basketball for the past few years, ever since the Cavaliers Pacers series, back in, what was that, 2018? Uh, I'm I'm really glad to see the Pacers move forward with a young core. Um, Chris Duarte, who's maybe not very young, he's 24, but... Him and Tyrese look like they trust each other a lot in the backcourt together. I'm very happy to see that Pacers have a future ahead of them. If they keep up losing, uh, which they actually beat the Celtics today, but if they keep up losing on the last 21 games of the season now, uh, hopefully they end up with a top five pick. You could pair that pick with Tyrese, and you have a really good future ahead of you. You have Isaiah Jackson, who has been stellar this season since Miles Turner got injured let me say that, since Miles Turner got injured. he In his first career started he had 26 and 10. Uh, he's a great defender, versatile, uh, and he's only 20 years old. So, I mean, you can stop me with my Isaiah Jackson rant here, but I love, I love this kid. I love this kid. O'Shea Brissett, not, uh, another guy that's worth mentioning. Uh, good scorer. I mean, his ceiling isn't much higher than what it is right now, but uh, got a lot of assets on this team. Jalen, uh, Jalen Smith as well. Good player. So Not all of
1: us are as high on. These I can guys, see. I can see sure.
0: you making some faces at me right now. But uh, yeah, I know. I know you at least like Tyrese Halberton. So I guess that's a huge okay. fan.
1: Yeah. And Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith was incredible. His although his the Pacers
0: can't keep him next year unless he chooses to resign for a one-year, four-point-six million-dollar deal. And that's because the Suns declined some sort of option. That yeah, it's it's a whole complicated yeah. thing. But um, I mean, I mean, Jalen Smith may, might choose to resign with the Pacers just because they gave him a pretty big opportunity, um, and then maybe look for a bigger contract from them the next year. I mean, I hope that's the case. Really like how he plays. Uh, seems to get double doubles pretty often for the games that he's played for us. So yeah. And then the other side of this trade, you have the Kings, uh, started off pretty hot. Uh, what the Kings call this duo of De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis is the Fox and the Ox. Um, I don't really know if that's a great duo, but they've been calling uh... them. They nicknamed Sabonis the Ox on the sec on the first, after the first game that they won, um, they won their first two games together. Um, Sabonis had a pretty great debut and, uh, since then they've lost four in a row, um, for a team that was wanting to fight for the play-in spot, they're really uh, showing why they lost this trade by a lot. They're really uh, showing it. Kings fans are not happy with this trade. But, uh, I mean, Sabonis is always going to be my favorite player, unless Tyrese brings something crazy to Indiana, which I know he will. So, yeah, that's that's the Kings side of thing.
1: It's it's It was such a disaster. I remember the Kings subreddit. The, the second I the first thing I did was after checking Twitter about that trade I went on the Kings subreddit and it was just it was it was just straight sadness. The Kings fans were heartbroken. Uh they started good though. They won their first two games in Fox, to be fair, since the trade has looked like last season's Fox, but last season's Fox did not win many games. And that yeah. trend is continuing. Even with Sabonis and t- Harrison Barnes has been pretty good as well. Uh, Justin Holliday has helped, I think, with the integration of Sabonis, having a guy who's played with him before, but really, it's, it's like clutching at straws here. This, this team is not good. It was a stupid trade. Uh, I mean, Tyrese was already probably a better player than Fox, definitely a bigger asset than Fox. Definitely. So, I don't really know what the thought process was. I'm, I'm sure most Kings fans don't really understand it still, but I think the, I think the Kings are just so desperate for even a play-in game because what, they haven't made the playoffs in like 18 years or something like that? Yeah, something
0: crazy like that. And I think they they saw this play-in opportunity and they, I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, they want to maybe make their fans happy for maybe like a couple months, but then send them back to mediocrity, even worse than mediocrity, just being horrible. But I remember, and there was some sort of media covering the, trade and there was a sign in the back that said welcome to health a bonus so i mean that's pretty awesome <laughs> but yeah i feel for king's fans um get it ready for the long ride and are continuing to stay on this long ride of disappointment
1: it's terrible i feel so bad and they don't even draft well when they do suck i mean no well, in one one dra- one single draft you pass on luca trade jaron jackson jr and Michael Porter Jr. and many other guys, I think. Oh, and you uh, and you
0: turn that into Trey Lyles. Oh goodness. <laughs>
1: oh goodness. Yeah, Trey that, Lyles. That team is just bad. I I, I don't know. There they there has to be some type of curse. It's it's embarrassing. What twenty eighteen draft? They pass on Luca, Jaron Jackson, Trey Young, Mikal Bridges, Shea, Miles Bridges, Michael Porter Jr. And they end up with Marvin Bagley, who I guess who is now Trey Lyles. Lyle's.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I think one of the the biggest trades in this deadline uh, revolves around the Sixers and the Nets. We already talked about the Nets, but the Sixers have looked great since getting Harden. Uh, I'm not going to overreact on his debuts, his two games that he's played as a Sixer, but today he just had an incredible stat line, and with a win, of course. him and Embiid look like a crazy duo that is going to be hard to stop coming out of the East Harden had 29, 10, 16 and 5 steals today which is just great, It's you're seeing Harden get back to what he can usually do, I mean this is the best version of Harden that we're getting in a, in a while and I think he fits better here than he does on the Nets
1: I think he's just happier to be here too other than Nets, like I remember when he first started on the Nets he looked incredible as well Mm-hmm. But he really like as he said, Philly was always the goal, playing with Embiid was always the goal. And yeah, I mean, they have a big three. Don't discount Tyrese Maxey. He is an amazing young guard. I am such a big Tyrese Maxi fan. Tyrese Maxi and Haran are already already linking up, having these nice passes ha- passing plays. Maxey's such a willing off ball runner. He's got this crazy first step. And with the 76ers a lot of people aren't going to like watching them because the amount of free throws they're going to get like today oh, yeah. against the knicks and yeah. bead had 27 free throws and personally i love it i think it's incredible i love how you twist and manipulate the rules in the way to get exactly what you want get those free throws because really free throws are just easy money free throws are the safest points in basketball so why not try to get as many of those as possible? I've never understood the idea of they don't count the same; like they're not, they're not real points.
0: Yeah, I mean, mean personally, I'd love to see the Sixers come out and become champions within the next couple of years. I, I'd love cool. to see Harden get a ring. Uh, same with Embiid. Uh, I think it's it's time Harden gets to the championship and wins. Um, and Harden has had a couple of moments in his debut game that he. Tried to lob, up, lob it up to Embiid, which isn't the biggest vertical threat, but uh, he thought that Embiid was Clint Capella for a little bit and threw it up, and Embiid didn't catch it for a lob, but he caught it, and he went back down and then put it back up for a layup. I mean, yeah, this team is going to be very scary. You also got Tobias Harris, who's kind of worth a mention, but, I mean, maxi has been better this season probably. So, I mean, yeah, and they've got depth as well. So... Yeah, Not this, too much of it though. A little they bit. A, they a yeah, bit. They up gave up. They gave up. Yeah, they gave up Seth Curry, but they kept they, Matisse Thybul as well, which is big. Big keep. So big key. So they. I know the Nets wanted Matisse, and they wanted um, uh, Maxi as well. They wanted one of them, mm-hmm. but they ended up. Uh, Daryl Morey ended up keeping both of them, so. Yeah, the Sixers did, team is great.
1: He did so well with that trade. He Very didn't well. cave into. He didn't cave into the. Uh, what at one point it was like CJ McCullum for yeah, it was
0: Brogdon in a first round pick as well. That was the yeah, uh...
1: Brogdon and a first for Ben Simmons. And in the end, he got James Harden for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and two firsts, I think. And it's not like Philly's firsts are going to be too valuable, but I mean, you get James Harden, you can't really pass up that opportunity, especially if he's super willing and excited to be on your team. He is still. I don't care what he did in. Well, what the way Brooklyn Nets fans think about him. He is an all-time type offensive talent. One of the best offensive guards of all time. As Daryl Morey said, the best offensive player of all time. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is he's up. He's up there. He's not. He's not up. up he's
0: not there completely, but he's up there.
1: He might. He's not even the best offensive player in the NBA right now. So I don't know that's about Kevin time, Durant. But, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Boy, and uh, actually, speaking of the other trade deadline teams, Clippers made some significant, uh, well, a significant move, getting Robert Covington and Norman Powell. I can't remember what they gave up. I don't think it was. They too gave much, up though.
0: Keon Johnson, Eric Bledsoe, and a second-round pick.
1: So they didn't give up anything. Yeah. Uh, I know that Kawhi and Paul George are probably done for this season, so it's not really a this season thing. But the Clippers are building up some really, really impressive depth. Mm-hmm. They're they they were and you're at you're bringing two guys back in uh well Kawhi Leonard and Paul George that's a serious team I know people like to make jokes about the Clippers and all that but that's gonna be a scary team on the defensive side of the ball Robert Covington Paul George and Kawhi Leonard yeah that's gonna uh, be great that's gonna be tough to score on
0: mm-hmm. and you got power forward depth there you got Nick Batum Marcus Morris Senior and Roko. that's a lot of forward depth and you got Kawhi too so. Yeah, it's a scary
1: team, scary team. Another good wing defender, Nick Batum.
0: And then I guess on the other side of this trade, you got the Blazers, full reset. We kind of talked about the Blazers already with the Nurkic Mm -hmm. injury. And uh, I think the final team that was involved in this trade deadline significantly was the Pelicans, which we can't brush over, uh, acquiring CJ McCollum. Uh, I like this deal for them, at least for next year. Uh, I think it could they could compete. They're not going to get anywhere far deep in the playoffs, but I mean it's interesting this Zion Ingram CJ Big Three if that's what you want to call it.
1: I I honestly I'm going to go totally against you. I can't say I like this trade at all, especially with what's going on with Zion, which we will talk about in a bit. But like, I'll just say this first. This is like I I don't understand. I I, I don't get it. Why would you trade for CJ McCollum? Uh, I guess if you want to keep Brand Ingram, but Brand Ingram was probably someone I'd be looking to move, because, uh, because although he has improved on the ball ever since uh, on the ball ever since uh, C J McCollum, he's turning into this incredible playmaker, really entertaining to watch, really impressive how he's done this so quickly. But why you are not going to go anywhere in the West with with C J McCollum and Brand Ingram because Zion is as good as gone. I don't know what you're going to get in return for him, but Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum are getting you nowhere.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, my take on this is that it's an attempt to make Zion happy, really. Um, Probably. Zion, there's a lot of drama with him. Um, I mean, he didn't talk to CJ McCollum until he got called out about it. But uh, CJ McCollum, who's not a guy that is just a, like a traveler, like Ish Smith, he's not a guy that you wouldn't communicate with if you got traded to your team. This guy's a borderline all-star and he has been for a quite some time in his career i mean maybe not this year he's not having his best year at least when he was on the blazers but i mean cj McCollum's always been a guy that has been a great nba player and he's definitely a guy that you'd want to communicate with as soon as he gets traded like this isn't a guy you wait a couple days for it's like you gotta talk to him the second that he gets traded to your team
1: Mm -hmm. and he's he's it's not like he's a disliked figure within the nba too i appreciate he's like either the president or vice president. Yeah, of the Chris Players Paul Association. stepped down. So, yeah, um, so he's just, he's obviously a popular figure within league, um, but he's also been insane ever since he's been on the Pelicans. Very ever good. Since he's been on the Pelicans he's averaging, I think, 29, 6, and 5 assists on like, what, 52, 53% shooting, shooting over 40% from three. I mean, he's good. He's also almost 31 so he'll age pretty well I think but I just I, I don't know I can't I can't get my head around it because I don't think I don't think the Zion wanting out of the Pelicans had as much to do with on the court stuff as it does being in New Orleans which is just the unfortunate reality of it for those small market teams but yeah. I don't think he, like even before he got drafted remember how there were the rumors saying oh he might like threaten them into that he, saying that he'll stay another year at Duke mm-hmm. which was probably never going to happen but i don't know it's it's it sucks like i i'm not sure how much of this is all zion it might be with his him his camp might be involved in that too like the people around him his family agents all that but i don't know it just sucks to see you feel bad for new orleans i remember how excited they were when they got zion and rightfully so he's like one of the most hype players we've seen come out of the draft in quite some time and he's also one of the best players like his sophomore season he had a historic offensive yes year.
0: very good average the most points in the paint i believe
1: uh incredible like he's so efficient he's unstoppable in the paint mm-hmm. now that might be to his own detriment because he's what like six 280 pounds and mm-hmm. we're seeing the effects of that type of size already yeah so i don't know how long he can really do that i'm not sure if he can have like a 15 year career at this size
0: I that mean, they didn't, so they didn't give up a lot to get CJ. I mean, you're trying to build something that keeps Zion happy. And you, you, can't, you also can't forget about Jonas Valanciunas. That's another guy that's part of this little Pelicans thing they've got going on. I mean, hopefully Zion comes back next season and he plays for the Pelicans. I hope it's not another repeat of players wanting to get out of their teams by just sitting like Ben Simmons did because that could be a bad thing for the NBA's image. And I hope Zion comes back next season. Um, This whole narrative that's kind of coming around him this season really isn't helping his public image, at least in his reputation as an NBA player. Yeah, but he's still one of the more marketable guys,
1: at least once he's on the well, he, court. Well, he's very marketable. Because he's... he's what? He's, he had, like, the second most money ever secured before even stepping onto an NBA court? Yeah, he, he signed, did,
0: like, a 90-something million dollar
1: deal with Jordan. It's like a 95 million guaranteed before he'd ever step foot on an NBA court, so... Exactly. I'm sure he'll be fine money-wise, but... oh, I mean, it's just sad, because... Uh, like... I don't know, Brandingham is on, I'm not sure how far that combo would have really taken you, but if brandinger is becoming the playmaker that he's showing that he can be next to Zion, then, I mean, that could have probably done pretty well. He's only 24 as well, so...
0: I mean, yeah, Ingram had a back-to-back 12-assist game. Uh, he looked pretty cool since CJ came. Um, I like Ingram. Uh, he's a good... I mean, he's a cool NBA player as in, like, his build and what he can do with his size. He's lanky. Um, and, yeah, I mean, i am he's not old either, so. Not in the slightest. That's about all I got to say about the Pelicans. Um, another franchise that's in the rough right now is the New York Knicks. Um, horrible oh, season for them. I mean, personally, I knew that, They weren't a very good team coming into this year. Julius Randle, I've never liked him, and everyone called me crazy last year.
1: He's better than Sabonis still?
0: Maybe. Maybe if you want to say he's better than Sabonis, that's okay. But he has been horrible this season. Two for 15 last game. Julius, Randle, and the Knicks. It's just, I think you can agree with me here that it's a disappointment.
1: Absolutely. It's a disappointment. Absolutely.
0: It's one of the bigger disappointments in the NBA. I think that everyone can agree with that as well. Uh, Absolutely. You get a guy like Kemba Walker, who was a all-star just a few years ago, all-star starter a few years ago, and now he's sitting out. He's so. sitting out, Yeah, undeservedly so. But he's sitting out for the rest of the season uh, due to Coach Thibodeau deciding that, who's getting a little bit of backlash this season running his starters into the ground. He injured R.J. Barrett by doing that when he shouldn't have been in the game. Um not playing guys like cam reddish you have like you're not gonna have a good season this year so why don't you get play guys like cam reddish significant amount of minutes Quentin grimes uh all these guys that they have some decent young players that maybe you could build up their value a bit for if you want to try and compete but i don't think that randall's gonna be a nick much longer i don't know what your opinions are on that but i'd like to hear them
1: oh man like it was. I remember last season watching Randall. I was so excited. He was, pu- he was all NBA second team. He was dominant. You couldn't stop him. Mid-range threes inside his passing game. It looked like a totally different player than he'd ever been in New Orleans or in Los Angeles. But, oh, he was so good. Now, RJ Barrett, never been high on him. Still not a fan of him. Still think he's not good. Not going to really amount to much. Uh... Quinn Grimes is someone I love Camarinez, but the Knicks as a whole, I remember in free agency they had so much money and they wasted it on Evan Fournier, who somehow got a twenty million dollar contract and has been absolutely awful against everyone except the Celtics. Yeah, who consistently dominated against. Celtic killer. He's been such a disappointment this season. He had a really good end to the year in Boston last season comes to the comes to the Knicks, gets way too much money, stinks, just like Julius Randle. Julius Randle, okay, he's just because he's even not worse on the than same level.
0: Season. Not on the same level as being bad as Evan Fournier, but not even I mean, close. He took a he took a bit of a step down, I guess we can say.
1: Yeah, I think team started to kind of figure the Knicks out in a way, but also with Thibodeau running his stars in the ground. I don't know. That's how he's always been. I remember even in Minnesota when he was there for a bit, or Chicago. He, that's just what he's always done. He's always been like playing starters near 40 minutes a night, which is unsustainable. That's why he's never really sustained much, because no one can play that many minutes unless you're like LeBron James. But I don't know, it's so sad watching them. I remember they were so fun last year. I thought the Kemba edition was good. I thought he would be not exactly like Hornets Kemba, but at least Celtics Kemba. Yeah. He obviously hasn't been. He's not even going to crack the rotation anymore this season. Fournier I thought would be a good role player. He has some good ball handling ability, but I don't know. The most interesting part about Fournier this season has been his last name. So.
0: Oh yeah! Don't look that up. Don't, don't look that don't. up. Do not. Don't. Do Evan that. Fournier's nickname is "Don't Google Me."
1: So. Yeah, do um, not do not look that up. Um, yeah. It's sad, but it's sad. On Cam Reddish, a guy you mentioned. Uh, Knicks P- fans are calling out for Cam Reddish to get more minutes. I I don't understand it. I remember like even in Atlanta this season he started the season okay. He's still a below average three point shooter. Below ab, he takes way too many mid ranges. Uh, he totally tanks his efficiency because of it. He's not the smartest player in the world. He's not that good driving. He doesn't provide anything off the ball. He's an okay perimeter defender, and people like to blow that out of proportion because Cam Reddish still for whatever reason. Has this reputation of being this elite talent because he was that in high school. Came to college, sucked. NBA, mediocre. Uh, I I don't think he's going to get a big extension, but Quinn Grimes is someone I would love to see get more minutes. Big Quinn Grimes fan. think he's a really interesting player.
0: What about Jericho Sims? I mean, he's all right. (laughs) Yeah, Jericho Sims had a pretty good game today, though. What he had the uh, was he it pulled him down with the ten so, rebounds? He pulled something down like nine rebounds in just the first quarter. That's actually wildly impressive. Yeah, so I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean you've got nothing to lose as the Knicks. Why don't you just play your young guys? Let let the starters rest more. Let them don't make them play forty minutes a game. You know? They're not
1: gonna accept that though, especially Thibodeau. Well He's yeah, never Thibodeau,
0: that. wasn't he coach of the year last year as well? Yeah, and now yeah, his job so, is on the line. I mean, he was competing for something when he coached on the Minnesota. I remember that team was like, what was the Jimmy Butler one, the Jimmy Butler Cat? Like, they were a playoff team, right? Just. Yeah, just about, right? Like a yeah, low seat. they, they but, played um, against
1: the Rockets first round.
0: Yeah. I mean, well. you don't have anything to compete for right now. I mean, why you? You should just try and lose more, get a better pick. If, if they have their pick, I don't know if they have their pick. But I think that's about it for the Knicks. I don't really got much else to say.
1: Yeah, they're, they're just back to being the Knicks. Disappointing. Honestly, it's, Disappointing. It's
0: nothing really that and then I guess the last thing that we would like to do on this podcast every episode is talk about former Pacers. Um, a short little segment that we'll do. Uh, we've already talked about most of the Pacers uh, today and being all the players that got moved to the Kings, Sabonis, Holiday, Lamb, um, yeah, we don't got much else to say about that Kings squad that's going on. But Karis LeVert uh, just kind of tweaked his ankle, and he's going to be out for one to two weeks. Uh, I didn't really like what I saw from his first few games that he played on the Cavaliers. Um, I mean, it's Karis LeVert. He's not going to be a huge impact like to any team like hugely. He's a good addition for the Cavs. You didn't give up much to get him. Just gave him up like the twenty third pick or whatever it's gonna be, um, but yeah, Karis, uh, good scorer. I mean, he's he was coming off the bench for the first couple of games, but I think he's starting since Garland's out. Let can...
1: the record show. Yeah, I Let mean, yeah, the, the Cavs, show. Show. The Cavs. Karis are great. Levert, Karis Levert. I always knew this guy was not very good i remember in brooklyn when he would have those big games when everyone was out and he would just get to put 30 shots up people would freak out and go crazy about how talented he was and he's all right he's not bad but then i remember when the trade happened to indiana i think dame even tweeted like karis this is your time yeah. to shine yeah, all yeah, the pacers yeah. fans including you yeah. were so excited about karis and i was just sitting there i was saying he's not gonna be that i good. said he was the messiah He's not going to be that good. He's not that good of a player, especially on Indiana. He's not going to get his 100 touches a game that he needs to be productive. He's a dud off the ball. He doesn't do anything on defense. He's only useful if you give him the ball at all times. He's a sixth man. He's a sixth man. and I
0: think that's what's best for him in Cleveland.
1: And, uh, I mean, he didn't show much in Indiana. Now, he did have that scare, and then I don't think he was fully healthy throughout his time there, but he's really just... Not that good. That's why they the Pacers didn't get
0: too much for him from the Cavs. So, I mean, no. the only thing they really got back from from Karras is the ability to lose games uh, consistently more. You know, they want to move towards that top five pick, uh, and I think it's a good trade for both sides. I mean, Karras didn't really have that much value around the league. It was kind of gauged by what the market was at the time, which was Norm Powell for nothing, and um, I mean. I'm always going to like Karras, I guess. There's no hard feelings between him and Indiana. Ended off his Indiana career with a 46- or 2-point game. Um, So, I mean, it's cool. He's a cool guy. Uh, He liked one of my uh, edits on Instagram, so I'm never going to disrespect Karras like that. But, I mean, I hope Cleveland does good. Um, They've been the biggest surprise of the year in terms of NBA teams, and I think everyone can say that, so... Um, yeah, Karras in Cleveland, cool addition. Um, the last guy, uh, a former pacer that's made any noise is Thaddeus Young, uh, getting moved from San Antonio to Toronto. I mean, it's probably one of the smallest trades in the trade deadline, but he's been pretty solid for the Raptors, getting like twenty minutes a game, uh, just doing what Thaddeus Young usually does, getting like triple singles. I mean, good defender. Defense playing defense yeah that's all that's all the raptors really need from him he's a perfect presence to have on
1: that team they've got so many young wings so many like even next i'm not sure how much he can really teach to someone like scotty barnes or OG and Obi, but anything he can possibly provide for them but yeah even he's a good mentor he could be
0: a good mentor like a good locker room guy as well he's
1: still the still one pa- part of the greatest graphic in sports history yes with uh, LeBron, who was it? LeBron, Larry, Larry Bird, Bird, Magic
0: Johnson, and someone else. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, or maybe I it was just be- them four. I that. can't
1: believe that aired on live television. That's still the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's iconic. And that's probably what his career will be remembered for.
0: Yeah. I mean, Thaddeus Young was a Pacers fan favorite. Um, but uh, I'm just pulling up the graphic here. It was players with 800 games to average 13.5 points, 5.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals, 49% field goal, and 30% three-point percentage, and it was Thaddeus Young, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James. So just putting Thaddeus Young in the top five NBA players of all time, I mean, it's fair. I mean, Thaddeus Young, great NBA player.
1: My life was a lot better before I saw that
0: graphic, that's all I can say. (laughs) A lot better. Yep. Pacers Thaddeus was a different demon. So I think that basically wraps up what we've got to say today. Uh, this has been the Playbook, a NBA podcast, and uh, glad you can listen. Have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Rebound. Box. Back out to Allen.